Welcome to Talking Water with GMW, where we discuss all things water with some of the most interesting people across GMW and the water industry. This month, we are joined by Northern Victoria Resource Manager, Mark Bailey. Mark explains how climate change has affected our region and how GMW has changed its practices to adapt to reduce rainfall and higher temperatures. Mark also talks about some of the innovations we have seen from farmers to help ensure their prosperity as water becomes scarcer. New episodes are posted to our website on the first week of each month, so stay tuned for more. The first question I wanna ask Mark is tell us what you know about climate change and whether it's real. Like, what do, what do you think about this big question? Oh, it's a very good question. I guess looking at all the statistics that we have available to us and the fact that the vast majority of experts in the, the science of climate change and climate study are saying that it's real, climate change is real. And if we look at it from a local level, we can see that the climate is changing. It's certainly become warmer and there's been a number of other changes. So, you know, we're seeing the hotter summers, we're seeing rising ocean temperatures, melting polar ice and increased storm activity and we've only got to look at some of the things that have happened recently in Victoria about some more intensive storms to indicate that climate is changing and even the records that we collect ourselves in terms of water availability show that the climate is changing and it's becoming drier. Yeah it's interesting isn't it when we look at sort of the world stage but then locally as well it's such a factor that we the science can't ignore anymore is it so if we're talking about climate change and we know that climate and water are very closely connected how do you think climate change is affecting Golden Murray water and I suppose our water allocation? I guess the the key thing with climate change for Golden Murray water is that we're seeing an impact on the reliability of our water services. And with a change in the reliability comes a, a change in the price of them as well. So at the moment, climate change is eroding our water supplies. And there's a couple of things that are contributing to that as well. So we've also seen complementing the impact of climate change. We've seen water recovery for the environment where there's been a reduction in the amount of water that is available. So combined with drier conditions, which is providing for greater impact of drought or more frequent drought in particular so longer periods of reduced rainfall and combining that with the hotter temperatures that we're seeing under that drier climate we're seeing less water being available we're seeing a reduction in a given year about how much water is available for our customers so combine that and extend it over several periods plus the reduction of the consumptive pool our customers are seeing less water available to them on average and that's impacting as I say, the reliability of our, our systems. So some systems that may have had 97% availability uh, are reducing back to maybe 95 or, or less. And, and that's something that we're, we're certainly keeping a very close eye on because of the direct impact on our customers. So it is interesting when you're talking about not just drought, but sort of longer, longer hot days that will affect potentially what our customers grow. Do you see a change in the way our farmers are now addressing water? Because they're the biggest experts when it comes to water and, you know, in how we not only store water, but what we do with it and how we produce things on our land, because it's your livelihood really, isn't it? Have oh, very seen? much. Yeah. And I mean, this yeah. is probably in to do with some of your work with 
you know, Murray Dairy, but have you seen changes in, in that in response to the shortage of water and the more drought that we have? Oh, definitely there's been a change in our farming practices across Northern Victoria and, and no doubt across the world as well. Dairy, which has been the dominant feature of much of Northern Victoria and much of the, the GMW area, has seen some really rapid changes. And I guess it started back in the mid-90s when the Goulburn system first started to see some reduction in inflows. We used to have the old sales product, which was when we talk about water right being greater than 100%. And then come the unbundling of, of water from land, we changed into the low reliability product. With that, farmers were really forced to adapt. They were used to having farms that would basically take 130 or 140% of their water right. And all of a sudden it was down to 100% and in some years less than 100%. So there was a massive change in the, the, way, the efficiency of on-farm practices. Customers, irrigators were really looking at how could they conserve water. And, you know, one of the first things we saw was the drainage water was reduced to, to virtually nothing as customers sought to keep as much water as they could on farm, uh, make better use of reuse facilities. Also, and this, is had, uh, this is a secondary impact, the cost of trading water has become much higher. So dairy farmers in particular can't compete with some of the horticulture growers who have got to try and keep trees alive and trees which may not be productive for five or six years if they're impacted by dry conditions. So what we have seen with the dairy farmers is they're more likely to use things such as hay or grain or, or different rations, as they call them, to actually feed their stock rather than relying on uh, rain-fed or irrigated pasture. And what they do is if there's a, a good year, like we saw in 2020-21, they will try to maximise their pasture and silage and then use that over following years and supplement that in many cases. And in some cases, some farmers have turned away from irrigation completely and they're just using total mixed rations as the, as the term is. So it has been a, a really significant change. And I think one thing that we, we sort of forget at times is just how much more efficient irrigation practices have become on farm. And that's consistent across the board. People are really looking to get the absolute maximum use out of every drop of water that they have. Yeah. When I was growing up with water, water was available and you had 100%, as you said, you know, we the water yeah. bailer would open it. You know, we've got a modernised system now. So all these things make a difference to not just farming practices, but the what the effects are on on farmers, doesn't it? It certainly does. And one of the things that we've seen over the last, really in the last 10 to 15 years since the millennium drought sort of finished in around 2010, the emergence of water trading has become huge. There's a lot of water now that trades around. Customers are, have become more and more adept at deciding whether they're going to use a lot of water in a given year or how much they're going to buy in. We've also seen that a lot of people now don't own all of the water that they want to use in a particular year, and that's they're really reliant on the, the trading market. Some of that was forced on them by economic circumstances where people were, had to try and raise some capital. They would sell their water shares, and their, their water shares now are incredibly valuable, particularly in some areas where there's a lot of competition for water. And I guess that's one of the things we have seen the, with trading. The whole idea of trading was to see water go to highest value crops. Well, we've seen water move. Unfortunately, a fair chunk of it has moved out of the Golden Murray Irrigation District and has moved downriver. 
down towards the Sunraysia region, sort of between Robinvale and Mildura in particular with new horticulture developments. And a lot of those are almonds, but there's also new citrus developments. There's olives, table grapes as well. So they're all very intensively irrigated products. They require a lot of water. And as they mature, they're going to require more water. And we certainly haven't reached the point of maturity in that level yet. Now, Gold Murray Water itself is a uh, bulk water supplier to the uh, the Lower Murray Water region. So we have an interest in getting the water down there, but we also have an interest in seeing water stay within the GMID. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword. But one of the things we're keen to do is have water maximise use locally uh, to take advantage of all of the modernisation that has occurred in the last 10 to 15 years across our region. And we know that uh, a lot of people who have had modernised infrastructure or are now of availability to modernised infrastructure are reaping the benefits of that, both in terms of better on-farm productivity, but also better in terms of lifestyle, that a number of people now can irrigate using an app on their phone as opposed to having to get up in the middle of the night to, to wander out to to the meter to, to pull the door or close it as the case may be and work out where the water's going on farm. The on-farm automation, like obviously not everybody has it, but for those who have had the opportunity to use it, it's it's been a phenomenon in terms of changing their, their way of farming. Yeah, it's interesting too thinking about diversification of farming. I know you mentioned Mildura and, you know, the slow food mill movement up there and in the Golden I suppose in the GMID, we've seen some changes to water practices and water productivity, but also enterprises, haven't we? So you look at Karangway, all the different kind of, you know, between Karang and Swan Hill, you've got a lot of different vegetables growing. And then we've got turf farms and we've got all kinds of enterprises that farmers are now looking at within the GMID. Have you seen that start to expand or is it kind of solidifying I would say that uh, the diversification is still a, something that's in progress, to be honest. Oh. There certainly has been a, a take-up of things such as vegetables and, and even practices that we saw 10 years ago are now changing. There's much more of a, a spring and an autumn peak for farms where there's use of annual pasture. And a lot of those farms are now looking to a, a summer crop as well, whether it's sorghum or maize or something along those lines, again, to help them use it on farm. Elsewhere, you mentioned vegetables, and we know that there's some areas of vegetables emerging in what have been traditionally dairy locations. The same token, there's some areas where there's likely to be the emergence of some nut products as well. We're expecting, and what we understand is there's likely to be some in the in sort of the the northern parts of our region around Cobram and that, but it's early, a bit too early to tell. But I certainly reckon there will be more horticulture emerge, whether it's uh, permanent horticulture or whether it's things like tomatoes. Who can tell? But we certainly have seen, you know, well, even tomatoes. There's a product that 15 years ago there was a relatively small group, but now it's quite large, and they have their own timing for water or and the like. So. I think we're going to see quite a few changes in the way in which the GMID is operated. There might be a push for a shorter winter period or perhaps even availability throughout that winter period, which is another challenge for Golden Murray Water in terms of managing its services and its maintenance programs. But you know, if the customers are adapting, so do we.